0: so netflix what about netflix i asked you if you watched any reality tv on netflix yes and i said no and then we went through the list a short list love wagon terrace house and queer eye you said no to all of them correct i don't understand where this is going because then we can talk about reality tv for all of five minutes why reality TV? Because that's See? what I'm
1: watching. Wait, wait, I was going to say, who watches reality TV? Oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> When's the last time I watched reality TV? I think I really wanted to watch reality TV at one point. I remember being really excited for Big Brother when it first came on, but just wasn't that fun. It's just not that interesting. Apprentice? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Apprentice is quite good. But that is that really reality TV? It's quite heavily doctored, isn't it? To Give it's, the impression of more drama.
0: It's not scripted. This is reality TV.
1: Mm, you get a lot of like pseudo reality TV now as well, isn't it? Like is the only way is Essex? Is that reality TV or is that scripted? It's kind of like pseudo scripted, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Top Gear is pseudo scripted. They just pretend, oh, we accidentally left the handbrake off and let this car roll down a hill. And it's like, mm, did you really accidentally do that? More importantly,
0: I was talking about Annihilation.
1: What is Annihilation? I have no idea what this is. I saw some reference to this going, Annihilation is on Netflix, or is coming to Netflix, and I was like, okay, what's Annihilation? But you won't tell me.
0: No, because you, you should watch it. Sci-fi horror. I feel you will love it. Metacritic says it's good. Metacritic? Is it on there already? March sometime.
1: March sometime, okay.
0: And then, but, then I said, oh, Paramount decided to drop it, and Netflix decided to buy it, just like Cloverfield Paradox.
1: And I was like, Cloverfield Paradox is hot trash. Oh, I was really excited by that. I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. It's like they're trying a new experimental way of making movies. You know, they had the advert on the Super Bowl and then they were like, and now you can watch it right after on Netflix. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I want to watch it. I really liked Cloverfield. I really liked 10 Cloverfield Lane. I thought it was really intense and I was really looking forward to watching the Cloverfield Paradox and it was just not good. Not even worthy of being called trash. I was trying to temper my disdain for it. It was not a Cloverfield movie, it was just another movie that they just slapped the Cloverfield name on, reshot a few scenes, put the word Cloverfield on the outside of the space station and shoved a monster in at the end. Okay. It was just so ham fisted they were like, oh, if we do this experiment, anything could happen, like, giant monsters could rise up out of the sea.
0: Second thing, you saw me open a page for Papa Priority. Yes. I want to get your opinion on this, Capitalist Mike. So, for an extra fee, you can place your pizza order on a priority
1: lane. So you're telling me it's like they repealed net neutrality for pizza? (laughs) Yes. This is an American thing, I assume. I think so. We don't even have Papa John's and pizza in Hong Kong, do we? No, we don't.
0: How do you feel about this? I mean, would you pay for this service or would you boycott Papa John's?
1: Yeah, I don't think I'd really pay extra. It's terrible. This is just America all over, though. I remember going to New York for the first time and going this is to... This 10 years ago, just for some... This is like a long time ago. This is more than 10 years ago at this point, I think. And going to the Empire State Building and seeing that there was a queue for normal people or you could pay twice as much and just skip the queue. It's just how it is over there. Everything's like that over there. No wonder they want to repeal neutrality.
0: So many dangerous places you can go with paying extra for better, better, uh, something. For time, for time.
1: Yeah, it's true. You know what? I mean, the thing is, having said that, I've kind of done it myself. You know, the Nyongping cable car up to the Big Buddha? And there's the regular cable car, or there's the crystal cabin, which is the cable car with the glass floor. No one ever pays for the crystal cabin because it costs twice as much. So if you go there and there's a massive queue for the cable car, like an hour queue, you can just pay for the crystal cabin and get on in five minutes. You're not really paying to skip the queue. You're paying for a different cable car that has a glass bottom. But it just so happens that no one wants to pay twice as much. So do effectively they lets you skip the queue.
0: Do they let those cable cars run empty then?
1: Yeah, they do. That's capitalism for you. Are you shocked? Did you not know that?
0: No, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, they don't want to give people the glass bottom cable car for free. We
0: just roll out a mat and just, just roll out a mat. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't see down, okay?
1: Yeah, they're lucky they don't put, like, neck braces on you to stop you from looking down.
0: Do you have anything for me? How have things been in your short stay back in Hong Kong?
1: Uh, I've been really jet-lagged and trying to get over it. I don't know. What else is there to say? What else is new? What else is new? Nothing's new. Are you going to announce you can stay in the country? Oh, I don't have it yet. Oh, premature. I don't have it yet. Premature. Don't Premature. <laughs> don't count your chickens before they're hatched. But in theory, I have been here seven years now. So... I have an appointment with the right of abode section at the immigration department.
0: All signs point to yes.
1: All signs point to yes. Unless, of course, they deny it on the grounds of my jaywalking conviction. We see here you uh, have a conviction for jaywalking. We don't want your kind in Hong Kong. Get out. Since when is jaywalking illegal anyway? What kind of country makes jaywalking illegal? It turns out everywhere except the UK. You know, it turns out the UK is the outlier here. Really? Yeah. It's illegal, like, everywhere except the UK, pretty much. Or well, maybe, like, Angola or something. But, you know, Singapore, Hong Kong, the US, illegal. I don't even know what
0: really, how close the crossing needs to be for it to be considered jaywalking.
1: I think it's, like, 20 metres or something. This just encourages me to not cross at crossings.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to claim I'm a Brit, which I am. It didn't
1: work for me, I can tell you. It didn't work for me. Didn't try hard enough. I think it's because everyone else was standing there waiting for it to go green man and there was a policeman standing right there and I didn't realise it was legal so I just like brazenly walked across the road around this policeman. <laughs> so that may have, uh, you know, annoyed him.
0: Good. So looking back, what did you say when they um asked you?
1: They were like, do you know why I stopped you? And I was just like, no actually i have no idea he said oh but it was you know the red man i was like but there were no cars it's like but that's jaywalking it's like jay what i was like is is that illegal and he's like yeah of course it's illegal it's like oh you know he was like is that not illegal where you come from i was like no (laughs) where i come from it's a joke that was probably also the wrong thing to have said
0: Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me today Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Ting. We're a book club for games.
1: But not today. Today we're talking about...
0: Whatever we feel like. Whatever we
1: feel like. It's an in-between episode. It's a
0: free-for-all. Starting with... What have we been playing? And you'll always say, I've not been playing anything, just PUBG, but
1: these 10 other games as well what have you been playing let's start with what have you been playing monster hunter but that's gonna be our transition one because we've both been playing monster (laughs) it's (laughs) not the transition one okay fine so we'll we'll leave that one for later
0: and then i'm allowed to talk about mario odyssey
1: you can mention it
0: i've been playing a lot of mario odyssey because i can play it one minute 10 minutes 20 minutes 30 minutes and i've learned i like challenging games
1: is it a challenging game we should talk about this more later oh we will
0: what else? FIFA eighteen, because that's my comfort game.
1: Is there anything particularly special about FIFA eighteen? No, it's just another yearly
0: update. And Man Manu are quite good nowadays, which always helps if you're a Man U fan.
1: Wait, are you a Manu fan? Yeah. For some reason, I thought you were Liverpool.
0: No, that's because everyone else around me is Liverpool. <laughs> everyone else, I around just stay is... quiet.
1: <laughs> Wait, so like the whole rest of your family are Liverpool, right? Or like your sisters? family or yeah. Liverpool yeah and they just
0: so noisy everyone has to stay quiet
1: I thought you were Liverpool I find this amusing that like you're Man U I keep it quiet I try to make sure they forget Man U's such a cop-out I remember this like in the playground we're like who do you support and everyone was like Man U you- you're a glory hunter did you live near Manchester what's your connection to Manchester yeah
0: this is coming from someone who knows nothing about football as well <laughs> hurts me even more <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was even worse. I was like, oh, I don't really support anyone. And they'd be like, you've got to support someone. You're better than those glory hunters, at least. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Reading, should I support Reading these days? Reading are not that bad these days. Reading FC. They've got bad again. Oh. Your moment's gone. (laughs) My moment in the sun has gone too bad. And I've also been playing games for trading cards, because trading cards... I'm... You say that like that just statement makes sense But I don't think it does But never mind, let's let it slide No, so what no, if you... Go on then, fill in the gaps well, I don't... Well, We have actually kind of talked about this before But playing games for the trading cards What are you doing with the trading cards? Are you actually trying to complete the set to get Steam points? Or are you trying to just sell the trading cards to get Steam credit? Steam credit What are you doing with the Steam credit? To
0: buy cards that I want To complete the sets I want In the future Perplexing. Yeah, welcome to the human condition. Frozen Synapse,
1: you've played this. Yeah, I played it ages ago. I bought it and played it when it came out. Are you any good at this? I don't know. It's been a long time since i played it. I'm okay. I remember I... In fact, it's so long ago, I think that it was out... Was it out when I was in the UK, even? 2012. Oh, I get these years wrong all the time, though. Oh, no, no, no. I think you're right. I think it would have been just after I moved to Hong Kong. I remember among my friends in the UK that used to play multiplayer games with, there was a brief craze for playing Frozen Synapse, and I was undefeated. But a lot of that might be luck, and I didn't play that many games of it. So I think it was more that I quit while I was ahead. (laughs) So it's
0: a top-down, turn-based team shooter.
1: Well, it's like a squad-based turn tactical shooter. Uh, Simultaneous turns, right? So it's kind of like Laser Squad Nemesis, if you've ever played that. You give your squad orders, they give their squad orders, and you can hit play, and you see how your orders played out. You can see where your enemies are, but you can't see how they're going to move. So once, you know, the turn happens, you both make all of your moves simultaneously.
0: Played this six years ago. It was just too hard. Coming back to it six years later, it's very clever. I really appreciate it. So I played some of that. And the other one I played some
1: more of was Half-Life 2. Half-Life 2? Yeah. You finished Half-Life 2? Yeah. And Episode 1 and 2? Yeah. Okay. Trading cards.
0: So, it's amazing how floaty your character is. It's like you're a ball in a 3D space. You kind of skit over surfaces. You know how in Half-Life, if there's a little bit of a ledge, you can somehow jump onto it and just traverse it. And everything's very skiddy. So weird. So old school. You can take a... Run and do a 90 degree turn like you're a car.
1: Interesting. I haven't played it for ages. should, it's weird. I you b- shouldn't, it's weird. <laughs> you should? No, you shouldn't. I did briefly play it with the Oculus, because it was one of the games that was supported with the dev kit one. And it caused extreme nausea, and I just had to put it down.
0: You got motion sickness playing it on the PC originally, right? Of well, people did, not, not you.
1: I did as well. At one point, yeah. But I was just playing it in marathon sessions, so.
0: Finally. Monster Hunter World.
1: And how do you find it? It's really good. It's just really long. Neither of us have ever played Monster Hunter games before. No. So this is the first time we've played a Monster Hunter game.
0: So taking on the Great Jagras was eye-opening. They repaced it really well. I think that's the second large monster you take on? Or the first, maybe?
1: think it might be the first
0: but that really sets the stall up for the rest of the game it really tells you like this is what i'm about this is what to expect and this is the loop and it's this
1: this is how fun it's going to be and it is fun i've also played it not as much as you but it it seems quite button mashy i think maybe it's just because i don't have the skill yet like i don't actually appreciate how i'm supposed to be playing it but i mostly just run in and wail on it with my twin daggers I was expecting it to be more kind of like Shadow of the Colossus or like a World of Warcraft raid battle where they have very particular skills that are telegraphed. Or maybe even like Dark Souls, you know, you can see they're about to do their big attack and you've got to get out of the way of the attack. Or this is their weak point, like attack their ankles to hobble them to expose this other weak point to attack them. Like, I thought it'd be more of that. But mostly I've just been running and going, Blade Flurry. You're meant to play like Souls games. You can tell
0: when they're going to launch their X attack or Y attack. And you can take off their tail because one monster will have a poisonous tail attack. If you take off their tail, that poisonous tail attack is neutered. Okay. Tell me about your Palico.
1: Yeah, this is my favourite bit of Monster Hunter, i got to admit. I didn't know anything about this game other than that I was being bullied into buying it again. I was logged on to my PS4 on Netflix watching the Cloverfield Paradox. and your,
0: <laughs> so it, That's what's led to your downfall.
1: Yeah, and then your, your sister and brother-in-law invited me to a party. And they were like, Mike, buy Monster Hunter. <laughs> You're online right now. And I was like, okay, I'll buy Monster Hunter. And at first I was like, well, everyone's raving about how good it is. I should give it a try. Make your character fine, so I had to make my character. And I was like, oh, I can't be bothered. I don't. Know. What the hell do I make myself look like? I'm, you know, I never know what to do on these kind of designer character things. I just made a generic Asian-looking character. I think I just picked like the Asian preset and like changed their hairstyle or something. So whatever. Interesting to hear that. What? What? <laughs> what do you mean? You're expecting me to be like really meticulous about it? No, it's always interesting to hear what people make when they're given the choice. I got to admit, I tend to either make someone who looks vaguely asian and be like yeah this is kind of pseudo me or I'll make someone who look completely different so the two common archetypes i make in dark souls games are an incredibly fat barbarian or a really thin red-headed woman like agrius from final fantasy tactics i don't know why this is just like my thing anyway i click confirm on the character creator and then it's like make your palico i'm like my what oh my god it's the most adorable thing in the world you get Like a little cat companion who follows you around. And it's just so cute. I actually spent like 10 times longer making the cat than I did making, you know, my human. Can you describe your cat? Oh, it's just a black and white cat. It's just like quite a cute black and white cat. The best thing about Monster Hunter, my favourite thing about Monster Hunter so far, is when you go and order a meal from the Meowskular chef at the canteen. You give your order to the chef and the chef like goes and like crosses his arms and his two assistants like slam down a fish and a piece of meat and they like flip a salt shaker in the air and they like grind the salt over the you know and there's the two little cats like chopping it up it's so adorable if there was a canteen in hong kong where cats cooked your food i would go there every day actually i probably wouldn't i can't imagine cats would cook very well but these cats cook amazingly well what did you name your cat <laughs> i named my cat yitka this is another weird in joke there's a very long and convoluted story that I'm not going to tell in this podcast about why Yitka is the default name for cats. Can you give us a clue at least? Okay, fine. I will tell a very condensed version of the story. When I was young, we had an au pair called Yitka and then she left. But then this cat started hanging around outside our house and so... We, this is going to sound really bad. And then we were joking that Yitka was actually a witch and the cat was her familiar. And so we started calling the cat Yitka. And there was another weird addendum to the story that the cat could control the weather. I, don't, I did warn you. It made more sense at the time. This is like 20 years ago. Okay. Anyway, since then, cats and games called Yitka. Any more for Monster Hunter World? How long is it? I think I've probably only just scratched the surface. i only played, like, five hours, I think. If I had to guess. I don't know how long it is.
0: 30, 40 hours?
1: I know it's meant to be, like, a total grind fest. I mean, there's just so much to do. There seem to be, like, loads of quests and re- redoing the quest or doing the quest in a more efficient way and getting all the mats, harvesting mats to make better armor, better weapons, all the multiplayer stuff, which I don't quite comprehend about, you know, starting an online session and joining a group or... Was it posting a mission and joining a mission? And... So
0: my quote was just for the single player campaign. But Hunter rank goes into four it's like nine nine nine, if not more.
1: Yeah, because the funny thing is your brother in law was saying he's been playing it loads and he's like rank fourteen and he bumped into someone else who was Hunter Rank 140, and he was like, How is this guy one hundred and forty? I think they've changed it recently
0: to accelerate the leveling up I think who knows I'm sure someone knows
1: oh well are you going to keep playing don't know I've got so many other things to play and I'm about to go <laughs> to the UK again shh <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure when I'll have time to play it
0: why are you shooing Shush shoo because it's so ridiculous I thought you worried you. someone will ask you to mule stuff across donkeys oh. I don't know what the right verb
1: is yeah, no one's asked me to do anything like that again recently, so it's fine. But this is the third time in three months that I'll have gone to the UK. It's ridiculous. For work this time. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's just like the generic let's play it as a group game, right? Except that we've not really got together as a group for a long time. Destiny crew.
0: And there's no um trying to keep up with everyone else. It's all been very casual this time around. Whereas Destiny, you wanted to make sure you were geared up for the raid or whatever.
1: Yeah, Destiny, I remember us all having to get Ice Breakers and then all having to get Yellow Horns. Destiny was fun, actually, in year one for a bit. Was it fun? I don't know. It was fun. My memories of Destiny were that it was quite fun. Destiny, have you seen all the Destiny 2? Like, everyone's dumping on Destiny 2 now. They're saying it's terrible. It started out really promisingly and it's just, like, imploded.
0: I don't think they expect any more
1: from it. And then Divisions making a comeback of some sort, is it? Maybe it's just because it had a free weekend on Steam and everyone was playing it.
0: And also, Ubisoft have managed to turn round Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, Rainbow
1: Six Siege is actually meant to be really... I keep meaning to buy Rainbow Six Siege. But it's multiplayer. But this is what you do now. Yeah, surprisingly, it's what I do now. Rainbow Six Siege, as far as I can tell, is like PUBG, but just like the fights in PUBG. It's like PUBG if it was only 4v4. And is it 4v4 or 6v6? 3v3, 5v5, whatever. It's PUBG if it was a smaller set of players and in a much smaller area. But it has the kind of... Well, no, it's probably much better than PUBG in that way. It's got bullet penetration, it's got... You can blast through walls, you can reinforce walls. Yeah, exactly. I think you can drop through windows. It's meant to be really good. I should probably give it a go. I keep meaning to give it a go, but then...
0: No, shorter gameplay, shorter matches, what am I saying? Shorter matches, which is much better.
1: Yeah. I think at launch it was terrible and now it's amazing. Hey ho. I mean I don't have time for that, I'm playing PUBG. <laughs> PUBG's my comfort game, bizarrely, even though it's an extremely not comforting game, it's an extremely high stress.
0: Do you go through the whole process of strapping on the heart rate sensor every time? Yes. Regardless of whether you're streaming or not.
1: No no no, anyone streaming, but then actually I only play PUBG when I'm streaming. I always stream PUBG. Just because you never know when something funny is going to happen and you're going to want to cliff it. So when I play PUBG, I'm basically always streaming and I've always got the heart rate sensor on now. And first
0: person only for now.
1: Yeah. This season and, that, and last season too, we've been playing first person just to try it. Just to try it. It's funny as well. Cause I think no one in Asia really plays first person. So it's really quick to climb the ranks. You know, I played a few games yesterday. In fact, we played a few games yesterday when I thought that the ranking had been reset because they said, oh, season's over and games are unranked until the announcement of the new season. And I didn't see any announcement for the new season. So we were just playing like whatever. Turns out it was all being tracked. But from those few games, we're already like top two or three percent. So, uh, yeah, first person's way easier because maybe just fewer people play it. Or maybe they're all pathetic compared to us.
0: That's what your friend should do. Pro gamer. And get the um, the paperwork done that way.
1: I think I'm not sure that's right. Anyway, that's another story that would take too long to explain. Yes. And I played a whole bunch of other stuff too. Dying Light, maybe just cover quickly. I didn't even know this game really existed, but it turned out I already owned it. <laughs> like, it's so in the succession of zombie games being played by my friends and all being streamed, they were like, oh, let's try Dying Light. And then i went to look at the store page and it said you already own this game i was like oh okay yeah let's try dying line do you know how it must have been in a humble bundle at some point because i i tend to remember the games that i've deliberately bought even if i bought them in a steam sale and accidentally bought i say accidentally <laughs> and i bought like 10 games but humble bundle games i often have absolutely no idea because i just click claim all the keys and then i'm like when do i get this game so are you still buying humble bundles now today no, well, I used to buy them just because it was like good value, and then I realised this was crazy because it's not good value if you never play any of the games. So now I'll only buy it if there is a game I actually want to play, which is much less offered.
0: So does that mean they never recycle
1: the the games?
0: Oh, they do. Okay, so I can still jump on that train.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Dying Light is a kind of zombie. It's not really a survival game. It's like a it's like a story kind of game. But you're having to activate safe houses and stuff in this city full of zombies. It's got a day night cycle crafting system. It's actually really good. I was really impressed like the the graphical quality and animation quality is is actually really really good. It's kind of like dead island actually is it, maybe it's there's i think there might even be some connection between the two games. It's the same studio. yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. so yeah, it's. It's good. You know, now we've just had this conversation, I'm thinking, wait a minute, was it Humble model? Maybe I did buy it. Maybe I bought it from that time when we were playing Dead Island and then we heard that Dying Light was coming out but we never actually to playing it. But now I've played it anyway, a different set of people. And they all got it on Steam sale. Regardless, it's quite good. I didn't actually play that much of it. They mostly played it while I was away. So I played a bit of it to begin with but then they've all gone on Finished the game while I was away, and I probably wouldn't pick it up again, to be honest. Because there's other things to play. What am I actually playing that I wanted to play myself? Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire is so good. Slay the Spire is amazing. Slay the Spire is a game that I started playing because I got so wound up that the person that I was watching playing it was so incompetent. I really like watching this guy called Northern Lion. Like, his Let's Plays. He is a very good, at least, well, very good compared to me, Binding of Isaac player. And then he recently started a new Let's Play series on Slay the Spire. And... The misplays, man. The misplays. It was so shocking. He'd be like, well, you know, we're just going to play this card. I'm like, why would you play this card? Why would you play this card? What we'll is Slay the Spire <laughs> first? <laughs> Slay the Spire is a roguelite deck building game. So it's in early access. It's being developed and added to all the time. At the moment, there are two classes, the ironclad and the silent. So one is a, I mean, it's a card game, so you're not directly controlling them anyway... ...but one of them in, like, style is a kind of knight, like, heavy armour, big sword... ...and the other one is kind of an assassin. So, like, cloak and dagger, throwing poison shivs and stuff. Depending on the character you pick, you get a base deck of a certain number of defense, ...a certain number of strikes, and then a kind of signature card. So, for the Ironclad, it's Bash, which is a card that makes your enemy, like, vulnerable and take extra damage... And for the Silent, it's Neutralize, which is, like, a kind of card that costs nothing to play and just makes the enemy do less damage to you. Regardless, anyway, you are trying to climb the Spire, so there's, like, a map, and you can pick which room you're going to go into next, and the rooms can contain enemies or, like, an event or a shop or a campfire where you can either rest or upgrade a card, and each time you complete a battle, you can choose a new card to add to your deck each time you beat like an elite enemy, you will get a relic, which will, well, it's it gives you a kind of like a special power that affects your deck. So things relics can do are like heal you after a battle, or whenever you discard a card, do damage to an enemy, or whenever you discard a card, get an extra card, you know, things like that. So the relics can significantly change the way your game plays out. Northern Lion, back to Northern Lion and his misplays oh man it was just so frustrating to watch because he talks about it very fast and he's very funny and it's like he's saying it's like oh we're just going to do this it's like oh i've got a really great idea it's like "Mm, let's see how to play this well the smart move is to do this it's like no the smart move is not to do that the smart move is to like kill the enemy not to try and do this like 200 iq weird like buff strategy that's not going to work and lose you the run (laughs) or he'll be like you know, he'll, he'll get a relic that gives you, usually you have three energies. So you can play like three one energy cards per turn, but then he'll get a relic that gives you an extra energy, but you can't play potions anymore. But he'll just like start his next turn and he'll just like attack three times and end the turn. He'll be like, you've got an energy just sitting there. Do you not pay attention, man? Like, mm, frustrating. Well, th- but the thing is, the game is really good. The game's really good. It was like really interesting to watch and the, the possible deck combinations you could make. Like, if you, if you play it right, you can even make a deck that, you know, goes infinite as they call it. So you can like just keep playing a card and like your relics and your cards conspire such that you can just keep infinitely playing more and more cards. Cause like it generates energy or it generates new cards that cost nothing and stuff. So he would be like trying to come up with a deck like this, but just like completely ham fistedly do it. After watching like 30 episodes of this, I was just like, screw this. I'm just buying this game myself. So. I was really trying not to buy it because I've already bought too many games and I thought it was ridiculous to buy another game. But I just couldn't take it anymore. And actually, in the end, I got it for free. So I think we mentioned last time this friend got the 2000 Hong Kong dollar item out of the PUBG crate. So he said, you know, I've had this windfall. Everyone pick a game and you can have it. So I was like, oh, Slay the Spire, please. It's pretty cheap. In, In Hong Kong, it's only like $79 as well, which is what, like less than £10? It's really good. I've played like 15 hours of it. Okay. Probably more than 15 hours now. Mm. Anyway, that's Slay the Spire. But that's not the only game you want to play. Well, I played Into the Breach recently. So that is the next game from the makers of FTL. It actually has, well, Pat, I didn't mention this before, but Slay the Spire's key mechanic, and indeed, Into the Breach's key mechanic... Is that... They both show you... The enemy's intent... What does that mean? So... You take your turn... The enemy takes their turn... And... If you think back to like... Frozen Synapse... Which we were talking about... You can't see what the enemy's going to do... And that makes sense... Because it's a multiplayer game... Or it it has a multiplayer mode... And you know... It's the same as that... But... Slay the Spire... Into the Breach... When it's your turn you can see what the enemy is going to do on their turn. In practical terms, that means, for example, Slay the Spire, you might be able to see that the enemy is going to attack you and do 12 damage next turn. And then you can think, oh, okay, well, if I want to take no damage, I'll know that I need to play three block cards, block five each, for example. Or I can know that I can play two block cards... That would prevent 10 damage and I'll just take two damage and then use my last energy to attack the enemy instead, for example. So it makes it a much more tactical game. You know, you don't have block cards and you think, well, speculatively, oh, I should block a bit. You can know the enemy is going to attack me for this much. And so I should block this much or make this trade off. It elevates it from being just a deck building game to kind of like a puzzle game as well. And that's what's so good about it. Into the breach is the same thing, but it's not a deck building. Turn-based game like that, it's kind of a top-down tactical, you know, like XCOM, Final Fantasy Tactics, but on a very small grid, and you know exactly what the enemy's gonna do on their turn. So you can see, this enemy's gonna attack this building, and I need to move my mech in there and try and push the enemy out of the way of attacking the building. Well, the plot of Into the Breach is that humanity's been destroyed, civilization's over, these alien insect things have like destroyed the world, but you've got a time machine so you can send someone back to before. This will happen and try and prevent it from happening. And then whether you win or lose, you get to send someone back. The game always starts with a time traveler who's gone back and then you can use them to like boost your initial squad. The maps look very small. They're very small. And as well as the intense system, a lot of the gameplay revolves around moving enemies. So there's different squads of mechs you can unlock. The one you start with certainly has abilities where when you damage an enemy it pushes them one tile so sometimes you'll need to like push enemies you know you'll see an enemy is going to attack this building so you'll need to attack them in such a way that it pushes them away from the building so they attack an empty square but you've also got to be careful that you know if you attack an enemy and it pushes them into a building well that will damage the building just as much as if they'd attacked it so lots of strategy and tactics around that it's quite good I, interestingly enough, prefer Slay the Spire at the moment. I didn't think I would. I, I saw, uh, what is Into the Breach kind of preview vid about it, and I thought it looked really good. I was actually really looking forward to it, but then Slay the Spire came along, and actually I find Slay the Spire more fun, weirdly. Slay the Spire, I think, is a bit less intense. Like, Into the Breach takes a surprisingly long time. It's, every single move is actually a really complicated puzzle. And I think recently I've just not felt like that. I've just been like, oh, whatever, just play some cards. It's quite therapeutic. The thing about Slay the Spire that's fun as well is the deck-building aspect of it, because it's not just make do with your squad of mechs. I mean, they can get upgrades and stuff, but those are relatively rare. Whereas Slay the Spire, you might get one card and realise it's worth building my entire deck around this one card, because it completely changes the mechanics for example there's a card called limit break which doubles your strength and so something you could do which actually i've never managed to successfully do but you could try and get a very small deck so that you can keep recycling limit break to like exponentially double your strength and you know that might be a fine way to win well actually i have one one with it but not with a small deck i just did then just took loads and loads of cards but i was trying to make a really tiny deck that just had like a strength buff card and limit break and then like heavy blade which does 3 to 5 times your strength bonus as extra damage. So, you know, usually if you had 10 strength and you had an attack that did, like, 6 damage, well, it would do 16 because you get the plus 10 from the 10 strength. But a heavy blade would do, like, plus 30 or plus 50 if you had 10 strength when it's upgraded. So I was thinking, well, let's just try and get this limit break card and then, like, get 20 strength, 100 strength, and just, like, one-shot everything. So it's fun, you know, you get one of these cards, and you'd be like, oh, let's try and, like, build a deck around that. Last game I played, Heroes of Hammerwatch. This was completely random, actually. This is literally... I got back late last night, and I should have gone to bed, but I didn't. I just turned my computer on instead. It was only midnight. It was only midnight. And I saw my PUBG squad online, but we didn't play PUBG. They were like, oh, we just bought this game, Heroes of Hammerwatch. And I was like, oh, now I've just bought this game, Heroes of Hammerwatch. And so we played Heroes of Hammerwatch. It's kind of a... It's the sequel to Hammer Watch, which is itself a kind of lo-fi, is it lo-fi? I don't know, 8-bit, indie dungeon crawler. Like Gauntlet? Yeah, kind of like Gauntlet. It's a lot like Gauntlet. I don't know
0: how I feel about it. It's fun.
1: Yeah, it's fun, but it's not that much fun. Mindless fun. I don't quite understand why you'd play it over something like, you know, I think there are more fun games that I'm not playing. You know, like, Torchlight 2 is probably more fun, for example. And I'm not playing that, so why am I playing this, you know? I don't know. Maybe it's because this has, like, fewer decisions to be made. This is just, like, very throwaway. And sometimes you don't want to think. And yesterday night, I didn't want to think. So, yeah, it was kind of fun in that way. I don't know how much we'll play it going forward. Nothing more to add? Um... I had a quick look at the notes we made and it says, a passing comment on Metal Gear Survive. (laughs) Let's make a passing comment on Metal Gear Survive. Have you bought Metal Gear Survive? I'm not going to buy Metal Gear Survive. No, I'm not going to buy Metal Gear Survive. It looks awful. Well, actually, is that a fair comment? It looks like it should be good, but it's awful. I think I've got more enjoyment out of reading about the dumpster fire that is Metal Gear Survive than I would actually get from buying and playing Metal Gear Survive. Metal Gear Survive literally seems to be a set of offensive microtransactions wrapped in a thin veneer of game. It's like they took Metal Gear 5 and ripped out the fun bits and put in offensive microtransactions to replace them. You can only have one save game unless you pay $10. This is what everyone's fixated on, isn't it? If you want another save game slot, you've got to pay $10. It's funny that everyone is fixated on this in a way because I think this has actually become relatively normal practice for some mmos i realized that final fantasy 14 the standard subscription for it only gives you one character or maybe two and if you want the world of warcraft style like eight characters that's like 30 dollars a month or something crazy i think i remember looking into it and then discovering that final fantasy 14 wouldn't let me play from hong kong they've blocked china and they've included hong kong in that so i'm like what This is an outrage. Fine, I won't play your game. Oh, I thought, where's the VPN? Oh, well, I did play it in the past. I think I must have used a VPN to register it then. And I tried to play it again recently. And then it just did this to me. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to play this game that much. Anyway, there you go. Do you have any further comments on Metal Gear Survive? So
0: much for a passing comment. So much for a
1: passing comment.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, when I retire, I'll play some more Metal Gear 5. That's all I think. I can think that because my retirement is ages away. (laughs) It's
1: ages away? I suppose you have to pay for the upbringing of your daughter.
0: Yeah, April's like fifty-five ting. Like, no, there's no chance.
1: I was trying to retire by forty, but I realised forty alarmingly close. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think retire by forty might have been a bit ambitious. Reti- win the lottery by forty is. You just need to fr-
0: reframe it.
1: Win the lottery by forty. Yeah, that's true.
0: That sounds vastly more achievable. <laughs> it's vastly much. So this week, you had to get a leaving gift. A retro gaming one. Didn't have to be.
1: It didn't have to be retro gaming themed, but that was the obvious theme to get it on. So, yes, a colleague and friend at work was leaving, and I was tasked with getting him a leaving gift. What did you get? An
0: Atari Flashback 8 Gold. Tell me about it, please, before I make some ignorant comment about the... (laughs) Atari Flashback 8 Gold.
1: It's funny because I don't actually know that much about Atari. Like, I think Atari was slightly before our time, right? When we were growing up, it would have been, like, the NES. And the Atari is kind of the generation before that. So, I know of Atari, I've seen them, I've played them, but it wasn't, like, the current-gen games console when we were young. So I've never paid that much attention to them. And this Atari Flashback Gold 8, well, it turns out there's actually loads of these Atari Flashbacks. There's like a whole sequence of them. So this is only just the most recent model in this line of retro consoles for Ataris. I thought it was like a recent thing because of the success of the NES Classics, but no, actually, there have been loads and loads and loads of these. But this one is actually quite good. I was looking at what was available to buy at the... Well, there's not much online shopping in Hong Kong unless you can read Chinese, which I can't. So I was in person in a shopping mall that specializes in computer games and retro stuff. And yeah, I just came across it. It has 120 games and 2.4 gigahertz wireless controllers. But it has controller ports that you can plug original controllers into as well. Yeah, it's just actually a really good implementation of an Atari retro console.
0: And you hooked it up in the afternoon in the office.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because it's, it's HDMI out, so all the monitors I work at HDMI in. So yeah, we just for this guy's last day, we just plugged in his Atari and we just like left it running in the afternoon. And people were like dropping by his desk and just like playing Atari for a bit and not complaining. <laughs> not complaining. What? It's like this is a NES classic. Slackers. Slackers. <laughs> Yeah, the morale situation in the office is such that <laughs> no, one was, yeah, no one wants to risk it. Actually, I say that, but I think he was probably, like, one of the highest-ranking people left in the office <laughs> because everyone else is on business trips and stuff.
0: But you have other departments who have senior people, and your seat is in the corridor. <laughs> it's, it's in the main through fair in the office. Yes. Everyone's going past you to the toilet.
1: Yeah. I mean, the global head of stuff walked past yeah like this md he didn't comment on it (laughs) he didn't sign his leaving card either so maybe (laughs) yeah but he didn't comment on us playing atari in the afternoon so this was meant to lead onto
0: a larger topic about old games and how they should be
1: i've I've lost the word Preserved, preserved made playable for future generations yes
0: and what's the right way to do it And how you would do it, how you plan
1: to do it. It is tough, actually. You've got like this problem of formats, because you know a book. Well, you don't need anything to play a book on. But then once we start getting more advanced, and you get recorded media like music and video, you know we've definitely lost a lot of video, movies that were made, TV shows that were made, and there are no copies of them anymore. You literally can't watch them anymore. They're gone. So what's going to happen with games? Games are even more complicated. It's not just the game itself. You need a device to play it on. And a lot of the time those devices might be proprietary or have other kind of digital lockouts on them to prevent it working, you know, with an activation server or something. So, yeah, how are we going to play stuff in future? I don't know. Particularly with so many games now having an online component. I mean, up to the PlayStation, it's fairly straightforward. So the the old kind of cartridge-based console games can be emulated pretty much, I mean, maybe not perfectly, but close enough to perfectly that you're not going to notice.
0: Is that the right thing to do, though?
1: Yes. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> fine. That's, that's my, fine. That's just my opinion, man. I mean, you can be wrong if you like. When it comes to games that have a significant online component, though, yeah, I don't know. Can you imagine in 30 years time wanting to play PUBG? Are the servers going to work? And even if the servers work, are you going to find another 99 people who are going to play with you? Can I play Demon's Souls with the servers off? Okay, in fact, that's another point we should bring up. Demon's Souls, right now, the servers were turned off at the end of Feb 2018. So you can no longer play Demon's Souls online. You can still play Demon's Souls in offline mode. And this is an interesting one because Demon Souls in offline mode single player is still a really good game. And actually even when the online servers were working there were reasons you might want to play it in offline mode because of because of the way like the meta game around it works with this world tendency mechanic which we don't have to go into now. But the online mode had a whole bunch of stuff as well that added to the game and yeah that's just gone now. So you can no longer be invaded, you won't be able to invade other people. There used to be a boss in the game that another human player could actually take control of. So you thought you were fighting an AI controlled boss, but actually in certain situations, the boss would actually be another human player. All gone now. And the messages have gone. And the messages as well. So it's a shame. A funny corollary to the Demon Souls example of, you know, at least a single player game works with Demon Souls. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5. You heard about this? No. So the servers for that have been taken down as well. But that game was a disaster. It was a use it or lose it situation with the license. So the, the license for making Tony Hawk games was about to expire and they had to release a game by this particular date or they couldn't release the game. So when that date came about, they just released the game. It didn't work. It was a complete, bleh. it was like, it was like a weird kind of like alpha demo of the game. But they had to, like, release it. They had to press it onto discs.
0: But it it must have passed certification.
1: Well, it physically runs the game, but there's, like, no game there. It's, like, got, uh, like, a half-pipe, and you can, like, jump on the half-pipe, and that's it. There's, like, no game there. But the day one patch of the game was, like, 8 gigs. But that's all gone now. So now that game is just, like, the demo of the game, effectively, because it's what was pressed on the discs. And all that massive day one patch, which was... The actual game, because they continued to work on it in the weeks after that certified version of the game went out, gone.
0: No, if I if I took the disc with me, I booted it up. I would just download it from. I don't know where the patch is sourced from. Actually,
1: I I heard that it just doesn't work. I heard it just doesn't work anymore, and all that's left is like the pressed version of the game. Good thing it's a bad game. On the plus side, yes, you shouldn't play the game anyway. It's rubbish. You know, it was it was literally like a weird. Use it or lose it license situation. in the name of preservation, we we should find some way of retrieving it. Well, yeah. That's why preservation is funny. I mean, there's this weird situation now as well where in the past, I think companies were willing to let their back catalogs just like be emulated. They may not have encouraged it, but they weren't actively trying to stop it. Or maybe Nintendo were, but they weren't trying that hard. I mean, Nintendo doesn't really understand the internet. They were just like, apparently they're doing it on the internet. What is that? I don't know. It can't be that important. So They were trying
0: their hardest, actually.
1: (laughs) Well, luckily they weren't very good at it. Anyway. Sorry. Everyone has now realised that these old games are worth, like, bank. Like, look at the NES Classic. Look at the SNES Classic. People are spending, like, more money than they would on a modern game on this. And, like, nostalgia is, like, through the roof right now. So, weirdly, game companies are actively trying to prevent preservation of some of these games so that they are the only ones who are able to re-release them and there was the recent attempt to have a dmca exemption for running the online component of games that are essentially online only and the esa the entertainment software association fought hard to get that exemption blocked so what can you do no comment on what you can do
0: so let's look at it personally in the the coming decades assuming you'll still be doing this emulation is your answer or oh was that a
1: question for me yeah or what don't play them
0: remasters are just like i'm petition for all the remasters i need on the platforms i need
1: i mean remasters are good if you can get them but they're never going to remaster everything like I want a remaster of, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some torturous game. Well, you know what? A remaster will come along and it will just be a disappointment. Like, if you'd asked me what was my favourite game on the SNES, one of them that would have been very high up there would have been Secret of Mana. And Secret of Mana just got a remaster on PS4 and PC. It's terrible.
0: How is it terrible?
1: It's just like they missed the point. It's this weird kind of low poly style. It looks worse than the original pixel graphics. It has all the disadvantages of the pixel graphics in that it's kind of like lo-fi, but it's got none of the charm of the pixel graphics. When it was pixel graphics, you could see the guy had like this fixed grin on his mouth or something like, well, this angry face. This is very early in the game. It's like in the first like five minutes of the game. There's a character who's got like this big, he's showing his teeth all the time. And when it's pixel graphics and he's talking, well, whatever, it's just pixel graphics and text on the PS4 and PC remake, his polygonal character still has this, like, fixed, angry face, teeth-bared expression. But he's voiced now. His mouth isn't moving. It's just, like, this fixed thing of, like, showing his teeth. This is just maddening. It looks awful. It looks awful. It doesn't really sound any better either. It's got, like, a remastered soundtrack, but it's just, like, it's neither here nor there. You know, I know you can use the original sound if you want it, but it's weird. It's, like, it has none of the charm. So... Remasters, not necessarily perfect. You just need backwards compatibility then. I'm really sad that backwards compatibility seems to have kind of fizzled out, at least on the PlayStation side of the fence. And weirdly, backwards compatibility now has become a problem on PCs. Like, GTA 4 won't work on my Windows 10 machine. Thanks a lot, Games with Windows Live. That was never a good idea.
0: Virtual console?
1: Again, like, I don't know how I feel about it, because how good is the emulation on the virtual console versus like the fan-made emulators? Like the virtual console games tended to look quite muddy. Like the colors weren't very vibrant. You had, and you had very little control over it too. Whereas the fan-made emulators, you could tweak them. They looked much better. They looked surprisingly good. What's a virtual console. Why are you charging me? Like if I wanted to play super Mario brothers or something, it costs me as much as slay the spire. One of these games is like 30 years old. You can't just keep milking it forever Well, it turns out you can. You know, I I just find it weird. Emulation is the answer, then. Well, obviously, that's what I think. But, you know, you can't say that, except I just did. But, you know, emulation only goes so far as well. It's You can't really emulate... Emulation only really works up to, what, like, the PS2 or PS3? And then beyond that... Well, actually, that's current generation now, so fair enough. (laughs) You can buy the real hardware, then. Yeah, that's true. Actually, there is a weird risk of it, actually, the emulation catching up and overtaking i know i know that atlas tried to get a ps3 emulator shut down because it could play persona 5 and so they were concerned that people wouldn't buy persona 5 for reals because they could just get a pirate copy and emulate it which is true that is kind of a bit cheeky you know you shouldn't really be doing that you've also got this weird situation now where the wii u emulators are actually pretty much perfect and indeed better and so it's like oh I could buy this on the Wii U, or I could just play it on my PC in, like, 4K.
0: Oh, so that solves my Galaxy problem. Whatever that means. Whatever that. I want to talk about... I don't know what the company is, actually. Who makes the NT Mini?
1: Or the Analog NT?
0: Yes. I've no idea. Analog.
1: (laughs) Presumably. (laughs) It's an FPGA-based NES, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But the belief is that the guy is able to build kernels of all the consoles? Yeah, he is. He's done it. He's done it? Yeah, he's done it. Get with the times, Ting. Sorry. Well, you should be reporting this then. (laughs) Tell me about this then.
1: Yeah, the guy who designed the FPGA for the Analog NT is a seriously smart guy. And he, for his own amusement, also made fpga versions of the genesis and master system and a whole bunch of other stuff i you know actually i also don't know the details but i just but i don't even know they're out yet but i remember seeing like videos of his work in progress and showing it basically just like running other games for other systems too i mean because when we talk about emulation we're not necessarily just talking about downloading roms from the internet and running it on your pc there are these devices that effectively emulate the original machine and it can play roms but you can slot a real cartridge in as well and then another very popular one we've got at the moment that's less precise than the analog nt would be you know like the retro freak for example it's a tiny little machine that's actually really just running an emulator but that machine comes with like a bigger unit you plug it into that has cartridge slots for famicom snes Game Boy advance and then there are other adapters or other cartridge units you can buy that can, can plug into. So you can play Genesis and Master System and other games too.
0: I think there's a real place for like premium. I don't know what, how to say it remakes of these consoles. Can I say that?
1: You can say that. Okay. I don't really agree with you.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs>
1: everything on the PC. I'm, well, I'm actually just soulless. I'm just like, ah, just, I just don't want any more physical artifacts. Just take it away. Take it away. It's nice to collect it, but it's just, there's so much clutter. I just like it all being magically digital. Have you tried Dolphin? The Dolphin emulator? Actually, it's funny, but no. I haven't actually, I haven't really done any emulation for ages.
0: This seems so tricky, but maybe because I've not put the effort in.
1: No, no, that's what I mean. Up until the SNES and even the PlayStation 1, it's pretty trivial. It kind of just like works, but. As it gets more advanced, it becomes more complicated because there's less kind of, like, headroom to to do the emulation and the number of calculations per second, obviously, it's got to do. You know, it, emulating a SNES, which is like 3.58 megahertz, trivial. Emulating, like, a 1 gigahertz whatever a Wii is or something, you know, considerably more complicated.
0: It's the um, stupid Wiimotes. You know, that's the best form of piracy prevention.
1: <laughs> the, the waggle and... Yeah. Touchscreen, screen and the, that's why nintendo's doing all this nonsense fair play <laughs> well actually that's a really funny comment just to go back to our earlier netflix conversation as well one thing i noticed in a lot of netflix stuff recently is that the characters will just randomly speak another language they'll be talking english and they'll just randomly have a whole section that's in like spanish or a whole section that's in like mandarin and they'll just be subtitles and then i was thinking why are they doing this but someone else pointed out oh you know what it's probably anti-piracy because you know the people who rip these videos. Are they really going to rip the subtitles too? So you're going to try and watch this ripped Netflix show and be like, "What's going on?" I don't know. I think it's quite thinking outside the box if that is actually the reason.
0: I don't think it works because I'm sure there are times when I've had to put on Chinese subtitles for April, all because <laughs> I bought something in Hong Kong. And then when then, they speak the bit in French, I don't know what's going on because the subtitles are in, in Chinese.
1: I know. Too too bad.
0: I must say, renting a movie through Google Play and being able to play it in the YouTube app, that's integration. I didn't know that you could do that. It's amazing. This makes perfect sense. I shouldn't have to download another player.
1: Well, the more you know.
0: One more thing for today. Graphics cards. I've been asking you about this all of, you know, Q4 last year, I say Q4, I don't want to say Q4, I I tried so hard to find another word for Q4. Normal people say winter and autumn. (laughs) Last year was graphics cards and what to buy. And then, uh, it's all just moved away from me. They've just got very expensive. Why is that? Why is that?
1: This is the graphics card shortage on account of everyone buying them to mine cryptocurrencies. Is that right? Yes. So there was a craze for this several years ago. And then it kind of just faded away because the price of cryptocurrencies was such that the amount you could mine didn't really cover the cost of electricity that you had to pay to run all these graphics cards. But then you got to think that in 2017, Bitcoin went from like $300 to $1,000 to $10,000 to $20,000 at one point, before the end. So, suddenly, it became profitable, again, to run loads of graphics cards and mine them for cryptocurrency. Well, it's like a rising tide lifts all boats or whatever the saying is. Because Bitcoin is not really efficient to mine on graphics cards, but there are plenty of other cryptocurrencies that are. And so, yeah, there's (laughs) a graphics card shortage, basically. You know, Usually, who's buying graphics cards? People who want to play PUBG at more than 10 frames per second, but you know, suddenly you're competing with people who want to be a crypto millionaire.
0: It says 3 million ad-in boards sold in 2017 worth 776 US dollars. 776 million. million US dollars. I can't work out whether that's inclusive of gamer purchases or whether they've been able to identify purely mining purchases. That's not as high as I expected.
1: Yeah, it's funny. If the global graphics card market is only 776 million dollars, Jeez, no, it's a more niche hobby than I realised.
0: Yeah, NVIDIA needs those, and ATI needs those console deals, really.
1: Well, yeah, no wonder they're so keen uh, to get their chips into those. But we we had a look at this to see the impact.
0: Yeah, so I looked at regular cards like the NVIDIA GTX 1060,
1: 1070.
0: There's a premium of just over $100 US. You have well, to pay now?
1: Well, you'll say... So, for the 1060, it's gone from 300 US to 400 US. And the yeah. 1070 has gone from 400 US to 600 US? Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute. How much did I pay for my card? Because I was thinking, like, I seem to remember my card costing a lot of money. What is your card? So, I have, slightly embarrassingly, a 1080 Ti OC Strix Gaming Edition or something. I don't know. It's basically... I went into the shop and was like, what's your best graphics card? I'll have one, please. It's funny because I never used to do this. This is like a recent thing. Anyway, this disclaimer out the way. So my graphics card cost me 8,000 Hong Kong dollars, which it turns out, though, is actually the MSRP for that card. That is actually just what that card costs. So I didn't pay a premium for it. It didn't get ripped off. I didn't get ripped off. That was lucky because if they told... (laughs) Actually, no, it wasn't that lucky. I went in there and asked how much is the card? And they told me and I was like what did they tell you not to buy it <laughs> he didn't advise me not to buy it unlike the ssd he didn't advise me you don't really need that ssd you know what's funny i really need the ssd i'm running out of space i shouldn't have listened to him anyway yeah i really thought twice about buying this card because that is a disgusting amount of money but i i did buy it and you know what it's great for PUBG. it would have also been great for mining it would have been great for mining too that's true so how much is it Today. Well, today it's 11,000 Hong Kong dollars. So it's gone up another 3,000 Hong Kong dollars, which is what more than 300 US dollars, isn't it? It's like 450 US dollars premium.
0: The world's gone crazy.
1: The world has indeed gone crazy.
0: So I've been reading on Reddit that people are just saying buy pre-built, just buy a pre-built computer. It's cheaper than buying
1: the, the card on its own. This is just a, this is just a passing phase because At some point, well, I say that at some point, I mean, is cryptocurrency going to go down? I mean, it's already halved from its peak, the Bitcoin price at least. So maybe you'll actually see the opposite and there'll be a glut as people start divesting themselves of all these cards. Possibly. Yeah,
0: there'll be a lot of these cards available
1: secondhand, but you won't trust them. Yeah, because they've been run 100% 24-7. Because that's actually what happened to my old... So when I bought... the 1080 Ti, I actually had two 290Xs, which I had previously used for mining Dogecoin. And I realized now I probably could have sold these cards for quite a lot of money, but I actually just gave them away because I wasn't sure how stable these cards still were because I had used them to mine Dogecoin 24 7 for like a few months. And I was using them for gaming, but you know what? I mean my PC blew up. So you know that PC had been run hard for mining cryptocurrency. So yeah, there's no telling if these cards are not a little bit worse for wear.
0: Nvidia and AMD are trying to restrict purchases and only trying, they're trying to focus on gamers in the long term because they know that's, they'll be around in the long term.
1: Yeah, gamers, I guess, are a sticky market unlike the crypto mining people. The crypto mining people, if they could, if the crypto mining people could mine, faster for less they would you know at some point they'd be more willing to buy asics if they were available
0: interesting to hear companies look to the long term for things i guess they can't make any more cards
1: they just can't yeah they're probably well it's not worth them investing additional capacity or is it worth them investing additional capacity but they obviously think not because they obviously think this is not a sustainable thing you know if they invest more capacity they're going to make more cards and then discover that they've missed the boom. And now they have all these cards that they can't sell. Yeah.
0: And you know, these graphics card companies like to control the performance improvements over time so that they can control the premiums they're charging for people like Sir
1: Michael. <laughs> I didn't realize quite how much more that card cost than the standard card actually. You know, I was just, cause I haven't actually been paying attention to the, the graphics card market really since I bought those 290Xs and yeah, I was like, is this just what cards cost these days? No, no, it's not. <laughs> it turns out, no. But it's a really good card. Bloody well, I hope so, considering how much it costs. Yeah, that card, that card costs as much as a PC on its own. Jeez. It is pretty good, though. Like, seriously, I can play PUBG and encode and stream it at 60 frames per second and do, like, a whole bunch of other stuff as well that's using 3 d And
0: you're not running at 1080
1: I'm running at 1440p, 120% screen scale, at over 100 frames per second, while also simultaneously using the GPU to encode and stream the video. So, you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for.
0: So, one last thing. When is this cryptocurrency phase going going to end? end? Yes.
1: I have no idea. (laughs) If I knew I would... I really don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand anything anymore. Is this this also part of getting old? I'm like, what's going on? I don't understand the world anymore. Everything is confusing. Go back to being simple.
0: It's like Ackman has given up on his fight against Herbalife. Herbalife is okay now.
1: I read this headline. What? What is this? What's Herbalife? Who is this guy? I've forgotten. Don't worry. Don't tell me. I'll look it up later. Oh, yeah, when you put the notes together... (laughs)
0: Trump's in power. Well,
1: there you go. Russia has invincible nuclear weapons, apparently. Yeah, I don't know when the crypto boom is going to end. Is it a bubble and it's going to collapse? Or is it just the beginning of to the moon? I hope, hopefully, it's going to collapse because I have no cryptocurrencies.
0: <laughs> I'm not holding anything.
1: I- I'm waiting for one doge to equal one US dollar and then I can retire <laughs> with my millions of doge coin. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club.
0: Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, 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 please write a review if you
1: like the podcast. Only if you like the podcast. Please don't write a review if you didn't like the podcast.
0: You can find us on email.
1: ting at lostlevels.club.
0: If you didn't like the podcast, you can email us there. You can find us on Twitter. At Lost
1: Levels Club. On Reddit. Slash R slash Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. And YouTube as Lost Levels Club.
0: What are you grateful for today? Oh. Generally, not today.
1: I'm always caught off guard by this question. (laughs) I'm grateful for... hopefully soon being a permanent resident of Hong Kong.
0: So Michael says bye. Bye bye.